a brand new uh, series. If you're just joining us, you walked into a great time. Um, we, had, we started this series last week, and we're going to be, it's a 10-week-long series, and we're going to be looking at the red letters that are found in the Bible. Uh, when I came to know Jesus, I discovered the red letters in the color red. They belong to Jesus, uh, and uh, everything else was black letters. So, so I read the color red letters in my Bible for like the first three months of my, my walk with Christ, and I learned so much. So this is pretty close to my heart, pretty emotional for me to go through this. And uh, today, we're looking at uh, the red letters. I want to start with something that Jesus said in Mark chapter 12. Um, he said, um, he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment? And he said this. Love the Lord your God. Oh, let's read this together, guys. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And here comes the second one, verse 31. Let's read it together out loud. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. You see that? So Jesus said, there's two really big commandments. And if you look at the Ten Commandments, those Ten Commandments fall under one of these two commandments. Love God and love people. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be just honest with you as, as usual. There's a part of me that wished the greatest commandment was love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that's it. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Um, have you ever been hurt by someone? Raise your hand if you've been hurt by someone. Raise your hand. Everybody's been hurt by someone. And sometimes that hurt goes deep, doesn't it? Sometimes, you might be here right now and still be bleeding over something that happened to you. And it tests us in many, many ways. And, and do you ever feel like, um, you know, that, you know, just, the, just the, how difficult it is when you hear someone say things that are untrue about you? You know, someone that is spreading lies about you and, or maybe someone that you poured yourself into, right? You poured yourself into them. It's a lot easier when, you know, you're driving down I-25 and someone shows you which way heaven is. That's a different thing. But when you pour yourself into someone and you have a relationship with them and then they hurt you, it goes deep. You know, it's that guy who says, you know, I'm with you, ride or die. I'm with you. You know what I mean? And then they walk away from you and they ignore you and they act like they never knew you. And you're like, what happened to ride or die? What happened to that? I thought well, we were in it. We were in it together. What happened? You said you were with me. You said you were with me. Now you're not with me. That's not cool. And it affects us. It affects us. Today, the message title is Love the hater. <laughs> Love the hater. Oh, Jesus, we need you. We need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Would you just have your way here, God? I know you put this message on my heart. So, Holy Spirit, thank you for that. Thank you for meeting with me. Even today at Starbucks while I was working on it, thank you for the insight you gave me in this message. Thank you for speaking to me in my house in my basement. Thank you for being with me this whole week. And now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you work in and through me. I know you're faithful. And by your grace, fix my mind on your word. Holy Spirit, work through me and move in hearts. If you want to hear a word from God, if you need a word from God, just give God permission and tell him right now, God, speak to me. Make that your prayer. Say, God, speak to me.
Open my ears. Open my eyes. Soften my heart. Change me. Transform me. I need to hear a word from you. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, for your presence. And I know that every soul that's here at church and every soul that's watching online is here on purpose because you brought him here. So thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, our, our videos, our sermon videos that we do every, every you know, I preach. And, and did you know the last one, uh, I was just told by my son, we had 14,000 views on the last one. Isn't that crazy? So praise the Lord. You never know how God's going to use. So I feel like I have to be really careful, guys. I'm being recorded as I say everything, every word that comes out of my mouth. Aren't you glad you're not always recorded all the time? Anybody? You know, Anybody want to trade places with me for a little bit? You want to do that? Uh, <laughs> have you ever been hurt by someone? Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, this message right here is just personal. If there was a message where I would rather be sitting down where you're at, this is it right here. This is it. As a pastor, every pastor will tell you this. Pastors see the very best and the very worst in people. And I wish I could say Christians are different, but they're not. Not always different. And the best I could explain it to you is, uh, mom and dad, how much do you love your kid? How much do you love your kid? How much would it hurt if they walked out and said horrible things about you? That would hurt, wouldn't it? Because they don't know how much you've sacrificed. They don't know how much you've shown love. And that's how I could relate it to a pastor's love. Pastor's love, and then they get hurt. And then they love on the next one, and then they get hurt, and then they love on the next one, and then they get hurt. That's the life of a pastor. There's a lot of giving. So pray for your pastor. Whatever church you attend, pray for your pastors. They pour, they pour, and they pour. Um, I want to talk about this idea of love. Jesus talked about it a lot. And in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he talks about it. In fact, it's known as the Sermon on the Mount. Famous, famous passage you read in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. In, this, uh, in these chapters, um, he goes up on this mountain in chapter 5. And if you look at chapter 8, verse 1, he comes down the mountain. But in 5, 6, and 7, you come across what's known as the Beatitudes. You know, blessed are the poor, blessed are the humble, blessed are those who, who, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And all of these things, you see all these Beatitudes. And then there's a whole bunch of topics that Jesus covers. Uh, he talks about salt and light and how to pray and fasting and do not worry and do not judge and ask and seek and knock and this kind of thing. And then from verses 21 to 48, he just dives into like a deep dive into relationships, into relationships. And, you know, Jesus said that the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love others. So he, like, unpacks it for us, verses 21 through 48, and he talks about a raging anger. Anybody have a raging anger? He talks about contempt. He talks about hatred. He talks about obsessive lust. He talks about divorce, verbal manipulation, revenge, Slapping, hello, Chris Rock. Suing, <laughs> it's coming. Cursing, coercing, and loving your enemies. He talks about that. So let's jump into this, guys. Verse 38, these are the words of Jesus. He says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, say, but I say with me. But I say. So, so check this out. 
Um, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus asserts his authority. And he does it um, by quoting Old Testament scripture. Like, hey, the Bible says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And then verse 39, he says, but I say. Say it again with me, but I say. So Jesus says that six times, but I say. You have heard it's wrong to commit adultery, but I say. And what he's doing is he's asserting his authority even over the word of God in the Old Testament. Like the word of God says, do not murder, but I say, if you have anger in your heart. And what Jesus is doing in this chapter, and this is rocking all the Pharisees. They're like, wow, how can he say? He's like quoting Old Testament scripture. And he says, but I say six times, but I say. And they're like, what is Jesus doing? Here's what he's doing. He's drilling down to the heart. He's drilling down to the heart. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him, how many? Two miles. Give to him who asked of you. And do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. Here it comes again. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And what are those first three words in verse 44? Here it is again. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Wow. Do not even tax collectors do the same. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. And then here comes the mic drop, verse 48. Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. It's a scary word for us. We're going to look at that word here in a little bit. I want to start at verse 35. Jesus, 38. Uh, Jesus quotes this Old Testament scripture. Uh, he says, uh, you've heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Um, so in the Old Testament, there is something known as lex talionis. Lex talionis. That's Latin. And it's called the law of retaliation. So in the Old Testament, you see these laws of retaliation, and you find it in several passages. One of them is Leviticus chapter 24. Leviticus chapter 24 says stuff like, if you kill my goat, I get to kill your goat. Stuff like that. If a, if a house falls on someone because it wasn't constructed well, and it kills someone, then the, then the one who built it is going to die. Um, if you, if you take out a tooth, you can, it's a tooth for tooth, eye for eye kind of thing. If there's physical injury, 
You can impose that physical injury as well. Uh, you can do that. Broken tooth for broken tooth. A broken bone for broken bone. Um, and, and it's that kind of thing. So, so you could imagine under this Old Testament law, there was a cycle of violence. There was a cycle of violence. I mean, you, you ran into my car. I'm going to run into your car. I mean, it's just a cycle of violence. And it went out of control. And, and it eventually became acceptable to take monetary compensation for the wrong committed. Now, this law was given to protect the innocent and make sure retaliation didn't, didn't occur beyond the offense. Martin Luther King said it like this. Black History Month. Praise the Lord. If we do an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth... We will be a blind and toothless nation. Hello. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? It's so true. So what Jesus does is he talks about this Old Testament law, and he's saying, but I say, love your enemies and pray, pray for them. What he's doing is he's introducing a new way. And he's saying, here's the new way. If you want to pursue the kingdom of God, then this is what it looks like. You love your enemies. You love them. He's almost saying, okay, in the Old Testament, and in the way, this is what a good person looked like. You value being a good person? This is what they look like. They had 613 laws. Check box, check box, check box, and go through the motions. But in the New Testament, here's what it looks like. It looks like a heart that has been radically changed by an encounter with God. And they love because their heart has changed. And Jesus is saying, look, the way you love and your relationship with God, that transformation that happens on the inside, when that happens on the inside, like authentically, genuinely happens, you're going to love the hater. And Jesus is saying, here's the new version. Here's the new definition of what a good person looks like. Here's what it looks like. It looks like this. And the love of Christians, he's saying, looks different. Looks different. You know, when people visit this church, something I hear all the time is how authentic and genuine we are. How real we are. Which is really interesting how people can feel that. <laughs> really. But the other thing I always hear is how accepting and loving Thorn Creek Church is. I hear that all the time. I don't know if they're just, you know, messing with me or not. But that's what I hear all the time. I hear that all the time. Jesus is focusing on the heart and not the action. So he's drilling down. You know, have you, has someone ever said something to you and you're like, what made you say that? That's a really good question. Because you're drilling down. You're not just focusing on the words. You know what I'm saying? You're saying, what made you say that? Or why did you do that? What made you do that? And that's what Jesus is doing. He's going down to, okay, it's not about just checking off boxes. It's about a heart that has been changed by God. And you're different. Verse 39, he says, but I say, do not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. Mm. Well, here it is, guys. The slap heard across the world right here. Here's what it looks like. Can we put that up there? That's it right there. Yeah, you know, I, I just, I, I have so much compassion on both sides. I mean, on Chris Rock, anybody ever been slapped? I've been slapped before. Anybody ever been slapped? I've been slapped. Please raise your hand and lie to me so I don't feel like I'm not the only one who's been slapped. I've been slapped. It's not fun. You ever see those guys like slapping each other and kind of thing? We, I thought we should have a volunteer to come in and, and no, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> But it hurts, doesn't it? It hurts. 
I thought about Chris Rock, and he didn't say a whole lot, and he hasn't been saying a whole lot. He just came out and said some things, and I don't endorse it because there's a lot of foul language. But, but, uh, but uh, I think about Will Smith also. I think this is a guy, I mean, guys, how would you like it if your worst moment was documented where the whole world could see your worst moment? None of us want that, right? We all need the grace of God, don't we? Being slapped hurts. It hurts. But, uh, but this slap behind it, there was, uh, there was a lot of anger, right? A lot of anger behind it. Retaliation. Incidentally, the, the anger is a natural, natural feeling. But this slap, you know, it's hard. Jesus said, uh, whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. And somebody, don't you want to say, you know, like, Jesus, I only got four cheeks. You know what I mean? How many times do I have to do this? How many times do I have to do this? You know what I'm talking about? I just share that with you. We all have four cheeks. You've been slapped more than four times. I want you to understand this. So when Jesus said this, he was not talking about um, being literally slapped. He was not saying if somebody hits you with a baseball bat, you need to turn and let him hit you with a baseball bat on the other side. He wasn't talking about that at all. He was talking about not a physical attack, but he was talking about insults. He was talking about words, verbal attacks. That's what he was referring to. He was talking about that. Um, 1 Peter chapter 2 describes the heart of Jesus. It says, For God called you to do good, and even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example. Jesus is your example. You must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. Wow. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Never retaliated when he was insulted, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. Verse 43, he said, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. When Jesus said this, this was, you had to think about the audience he was talking to. Many Hebrews or Jews in the audience. And, and according to Hebrews and Jews, in Leviticus chapter 19, you read this, this verse, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Um, the love your neighbor part involved loving fellow Israelites. And they tagged on this, this eventually tagged on this, and hate your enemy. Well, guess who was considered an enemy during the days of the Bible when Jesus walked around? Gentiles, non-Jews, the uncircumcised. They looked down, the Jews looked down on all the uncircumcised Gentiles. Like David said that, that you know, that, that Goliath is a dog. Not D-A-W-G, D-O-G, he's a dog. And, and that's how they looked down on him. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. God loves everyone. Everyone's made in the image of God. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter your background. We're all made in the image of God. And Jesus is saying, you got to love the uncircumcised as well. And that's what message Jesus was saying. And then I thought about like, who's our enemy today? Who's your enemy today? Who's my enemy today? I have a list of names I want to share with you right now of all my, <laughs> that'd be horrible. <laughs> I ain't going to do that. <laughs> Lord knows. But I think it's the people where they probably wouldn't show up to my funeral service. 
right? Don't you think those are your, probably your enemies? They probably wouldn't show up to my funeral or your funeral service. They might even fantasize in ways for you to have pain or suffer. Think about different things that you can do. And they might actually celebrate when they hear that you are going through a rough time. Enemies. They might ignore you. They might block you. On social media, you may, you may be unfriended or something like that. Your post might be hidden from their eyes and you may not even know it. Enemies. There's history too. That's the, that's the challenge in relationships, right? It's easy to be friends with strangers. It's easy. But when you have relationships, there's going to come a time in that relationship when someone's going to say something that might rub you the wrong way. Um, Romans chapter 12, Paul the Apostle says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you. That means you do your part. You do your part. You don't sink down to them. You don't sink down to them. Uh, Here's the challenge, I think, when it comes to as we reflect on people who've hurt. When they hurt us, you might have, if you're like me, a memory of, of someone saying something or doing something and it hurts you, it rubbed you the wrong way. And maybe it happened, let's just say 10 years ago. 10 years ago. But here's what we do, is we take that person and we put them like in this time capsule thing and we encapsulate them encapsulate them in, in this 10-year-old, I mean, profile. That's who they are. So even when we see them today, guess where we th- what we think? We think that I know who they are 10 years ago. That's what they did. And they're still that person. Let me ask you a question. Are you still the same person today that you were 10 years ago? Do you think God can change any heart? Are you the same person a year ago? No, you're not. So why do we, why do we put people in this? I mean, I mean God, can cha- God is a redemptive God. God wants everyone to come to know heaven. He wants everyone to know his love and his grace and his mercy. And if God can change any heart, then maybe God's been working on their heart. Maybe God's been working on their heart and you may not know it because you haven't talked to them in a long time, but maybe God's working on their heart. Glory to God. Maybe God's doing a new thing and maybe you're part of that. Maybe you're part of that. Here's what I, this is just from the Lord. We live in a society that monetizes hate and division. Think about that. When you look at social media and maybe you look at different posts, whether it's political or whatever, Many times, you know what they're saying? Take a side and hate the other side. Think about it. We're called to take a side and hate the other side. We live in a culture that monetizes this. And we have to be careful because we can do the same thing. We can do the same thing. It's always tempting when we've been hurt to tell someone else about how they hurt me. You, know, you don't know them. This is what they did to me. You don't know them. This is what they did. And this is what they said. And this is how they treated me. You don't know them. And the crazy thing about that whole thing is if you keep talking like that, you know what that person is thinking? You're not over it. You're still dealing with it. 
And it doesn't leapfrog. It's not like they embrace it. They haven't been impacted by that person. So it's not personal for them yet. And it's not personal. So we have to be careful. Because every time we talk about it, if we talk about it over and over and over and over again, it's like we're giving it CPR. And that anger and hate is living inside of us. You're keeping it alive. And you feel that stuff. You thought you were over it until you started talking about it. (laughs) You thought you were good until you saw him. You thought you were good until you saw her. You thought you were good until. And you're keeping it alive. See, uh, enemies are born out of hurt feelings. And feelings are always personal. Part of being made in the image of God means we have feelings. How do you love God with all of your heart and mind and soul and strength without feelings? You don't, right? The feelings is part of it. Our worship, there's feelings involved in worship when we worship God. And I mean, we are made in the image of God and feelings are a part of it. But here's what I want you to know. God wants you to have feelings, but he does not want you to be led by your feelings. He does not want you to be led by your feelings. The problem or the other side of feelings is we could be hurt in our feelings. We can be bruised in our feelings. We can be abandoned in our feelings. We can be overlooked in our feelings. We can be insulted in our feelings, right? We could be discouraged in our feelings. We could be stepped on in our feelings. And when you experience that, it's different from like a broken arm or something like that. You have a broken arm, people see it. Oh, you got a broken arm. But feelings are different because on the outside, you might look okay, but on the inside, you've been wounded. And the enemy can take advantage of those feelings because it's always, always, always personal. Satan tempts us to be vengeful. The devil wants you to be vengeful. He wants you to embrace that because there's so much hate and anger. And it, and it, it messes with your soul so much. And we can be vengeful in small ways also. You know, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like um, when you see that person and they might say something and you're in a crowd. And you know what you do? Roll your eyes. You know what I'm talking about? Roll my eyes. Or they walk behind you, and what you do is you raise your eyebrows. Oh, great. And you let other people know. You know what I'm talking about? You turn your shoulder to them. You know, your face can say a lot of things. You know that, right? Some of you, your face says a whole paragraph. You don't have to say one word. Your face says everything. You turn your head. Or maybe what you do is you don't show up. Small things. They're walking one way you're going to go the other way. You're looking to see what room they're in. I'm not going to go to that room. They're in the bathroom. I'll hold it. (laughs) You know what I mean? We can be vengeful in small ways. God wants to consume your heart and transform it. He wants you to know him personally so that you love like God loves we have this thing called frenemies now, right? You have any frenemies? I looked up the definition of a frenemy. It's a person with whom one is friendly despite a fundamental dislike. I'll be nice to you, but inside I hate you. I'll be nice to you, 
But inside, oh. The devil's ultimate goal is for you to nurse hatred in your heart. Nursing hatred is more spiritually damaging than any offense. And you gotta get you gotta get a hold of that. You gotta get a hold of that. Holding on to anger and resentment and bitterness and 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 just replaying that hurt over and over and how it made you feel. It affects your soul, guys. It affects your soul. It affects your ability to love those even close to you right now that you call friends. It affects your ability to trust others because you were hurt so bad. You were hurt at a church, so now you're going to go to a church and you're not going to serve because you were hurt at a church. You were hurt by a Christian, so now you're not going to turn to God because you were hurt by a Christian. You were hurt by a best friend who just stabbed you in the back. So from now on, no more best friends. Just none in my life. No, I'm not going to go through that again. I'm not going to get in a relationship again. Nursing hatred is more spiritually damaging than any offense. The devil wants you to become comfortable with nursing hatred. The devil wants you to become comfortable with living with hate with having resentment, having bitterness. He wants you to just become comfortable with that. Just give resentment and bitterness space in your heart. And if you start to heal, if you start to heal a little bit, he'll just scratch the scab a little bit. So it starts to bleed again. Just scratch it a little bit. The devil wants you to be a prisoner of hatred and unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness. MLK said, returning hate for hate multiplies hate. Adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Hatred always wants company. Have you considered how much God loves you? Romans chapter 5, 8 is one of my favorite verses. This is one that I learned when I first turned to Jesus. Let's read it out loud, guys. This is a great verse to memorize. Romans chapter 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. Did you see that? Wow. We were still sinners. Aren't you glad God loved you even though? Aren't you glad God loves you right now even though? You know what I'm talking about. Aren't you glad God loves you and God hasn't given up on you even though? I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm grateful for the love of God over my life. And God wants you to be so close to him that you love like God loves. Have you noticed something? Isn't it funny how people who need forgiveness don't give it? Have you noticed that? People who need forgiveness don't give it. The reality is we always want to get more than we're willing to give. We always do. You can always tell how close someone is to Jesus by their capacity to love. Verse 44, Jesus said, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. He says, love your enemies. Then what does he say? Pray for those who persecute you. I just wish there were certain things Jesus didn't say. I'm just being honest with you. I am, you know what I'm saying? I mean, here's homework for you. Here's homework for you. It starts tonight, starts today, online. Here's your homework for the next seven days. Pray every day for someone who hurts you. Starts today. Pray every day for someone who hurts you. At the end of seven days, it's up to you whether you want to continue. But it's really hard to be angry with someone you keep praying for. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's hard to be angry for someone you pray for. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7 says, When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to make peace with them. Isn't that a great word? When God is pleased with your way, even your enemies are at peace with you. I think sometimes we think our goal is to separate ourselves from those who've hurt us. Some of us do life like that. I'm going to walk away from that friend group because they hurt me or, or they said something to me that hurt my feelings. I'm not going to serve anymore because my feelings were hurt, so I'm not going to serve anymore. That's why. It's interesting, too, how we try to wrap maturity around it. You know, we walk away, but we were trying to maintain that we're the mature person. And we reason and rationalize with that. Jesus doesn't reason and rationalize with that. He says, love them and pray for them. and Don't worry about proximity. And sometimes we think, oh, if I just, you know, I just need to walk away from that friend group, that job, that church, and I'm just going to walk away. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a great German theologian, he said, Jesus Christ lived in the midst of his enemies. So the Christian, too, belongs not in the seclusion of a cloistered life, but in the thick of foes. There is his commission, his work. The kingdom is to be in the midst of your enemies. Isn't that good? That's good. That is so good. I think about Jesus, and I think, you know what? He kept doing ministry when there was one guy on the team that hated him. When there was one guy on the team that was planning to betray him, that would eventually lead to his murder, Judas. And Jesus just, he didn't compromise the mission. He kept going forward. He kept going forward. <clears throat> the Lord gave me a word this week when I was um, at home working out. And the Lord told me, don't let a distraction become a disruption. It's not in my notes. Don't let a distraction become a disruption. And sometimes we can be distracted by the way they treated you or what you went through or whatever it is. And the enemy would love to keep you in that place where you're distracted because you're off mission now. You're no longer, your eyes are not fixed on God's purpose for your life and all of a sudden, you're just off course a bit. And I think about um, how it pleases God for us to pray for our enemies. There's a song that I love, 
And uh, I'm going to share my playlist with you right here. It's put out by uh, Kirk Franklin in Maverick City. It's called Bless Me. And there is this one quote in there. It says, favor, favor, let it fall on me till I'm the conversation of all my enemies. Isn't that good? I just crank that up. when <laughs> I'm just yelling, favor, favor, let it fall on me till I'm the conversation of all my enemies. You know what my prayer is for my enemies? that they experience all of God's love. And I don't care who it is. Because I, you know what the truth is, guys? Let's just be honest. I have hurt people without knowing it myself. There might be people walking around bleeding because of something I said or did. God have mercy on me. So we got to be aware of this. And, and we all need the grace of God. We all need the grace of God. We all need the grace of God. We all need it. Jesus said, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar at the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. You see that? Before you, before you give your sacrifice, go, go get reconciled. Make peace with them as much as you can. Uh, and then later on in Matthew chapter 6, he says, if you forgive... Those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you. You know what Jesus is saying right here? The way you treat others can actually affect whether or not God hears you. Think about that. Husbands. This means the way you treat your wife can actually affect whether or not God hears you. Mm. See that, men? Ladies, wives, the way you treat your husband can affect whether or not God hears you. The way you treat your coworker, the way you treat the barista, the way you treat that janitor, the way you treat that friend, whoever it is, can actually affect your spiritual life. That's what Jesus is saying in these passages. The way you treat others can actually affect the way, the way God hears you. You know, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Imagine what your relationships would look like if you forgave others like you forgave yourself. <laughs> Imagine what your relationships would look like if you overlooked the faults of others like you overlook your faults. Bam! <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine what your relationships would look like if you gave grace to others like you give grace to yourself. What would those relationships look like? Imagine if you loved others like you loved yourself. Imagine if you just gave them the benefit of the doubt like you give the benefit of the doubt to yourself. Like you say, God knows my intentions. What if you looked at others and said, I know their intentions are good. I know it most of the time. Jesus said, therefore you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. You know what that word perfect means? It means complete, of full age. 
It has this idea of maturity. It's like you're off the bottle now. You're into meat. You're growing up. It's time to grow up. And as you walk with Jesus, as you walk with God, there's this expectation that you grow closer to God and you love like God loves. In fact, the Gospel of Luke chapter 6 is the parallel passage to this whole chapter, the passage that I'm reading in Matthew chapter 5. And, and Luke chapter 6 verse 36, it doesn't say perfect. It says this, be merciful just as your father is merciful. That's what it says. So there's this charge to do this. And, and consider this also. Consider this. This is so important. If Jesus commands us to love him, and if he also commands us to love our enemies, you know what that means? It's possible. That's what it means. To pray for those who persecute you. Jesus is saying, it's possible. And it's possible to love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Glory to God. That's another message. That's possible. We're talking about what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. It's possible. Some of you, you came to church or you're watching online and you've been hurt. Some of you have made decisions about where you live and where you're at and who you're friends with and who you're not friends with and who you're, who you're connected with on social media or whatever, all because of hurt. Some of you have stopped doing some things, whether it's serving or giving or attending or committing or whatever it is. You have made decisions based on feeling hurt. And that's how you're living your life. Some of you, let me just tell you, you've been hurt and the devil has used it as a tool, a wedge to keep you away from God, to keep you from turning to God with all of your heart. And you've got so much hurt that it's hard for you to see through it all. And I want you to know Jesus is crying out to you. You need to get out of that hurt house. Find a window, break through it, whatever it is. Find a door, kick, kick it through, and get out of it because you're a prisoner of that hurt. God wants to set you free today from that hurt. God wants to set you free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God wants to set you free from that. He wants to love. He wants you to love like he loves you. God demonstrates his love toward us well. while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Glory to God. God wants you to have that kind of love. And, and, and I want to read a prayer for you. This is from my good friend, Pastor John Miller out of Hawaii. I, I, he, he said this and he gave me permission to share it with you. This is a prayer that some of you need to say and you might want to take a picture of it with your phone. Dear Heavenly Father, I choose to forgive without excusing them or condoning their actions. I refuse to hold anything against them. I cancel any vows that I made to get even or to never forgive. I ask you to heal the wounds to my spirit from this hurt and restore my relationship to you. Forgive my hatred and resentment and replace it with a love for them. I want to see them in heaven. Wow. 
You can take a picture of that, say that prayer. It's on the screen behind me still. You can zoom in and take a picture of that. Anybody just, are you ready for God to work in your heart? Life's too short. Life's too short, guys. Life's too short. Life's too short. And there's no soul that's so bad that God can't redeem. There's no sin too great for God's grace. And there's no wound too deep for God to completely heal. Those wounds are going to become part of your story. And you're going to help other people. And you're going to say, I've been there before. I've been there before. It's okay. Love is incredibly powerful. Those who hate, you know what they're expecting? Hate in return. That's what they're expecting. Some people are so hateful and so angry about themselves and about life, they're just not happy until someone hates them and is angry with them. You know what I'm saying? They're just not happy until someone hates them and is angry at them and then they feel better. But you choose to love. You choose to love. Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. That's what he said. I just feel like God's moving. And I want to give you an opportunity to turn to God. If you are are, uh, far from God and you've not turned to Jesus, this is your opportunity right now to turn to Jesus. You can do that. You hear me online? That's you. If you're watching online and you're ready to turn to Jesus, you can do that. Or maybe you got hurt and you have made life decisions. You have made decisions about commitment. You have made decisions about where you go, where you stay, where you live, who, all this stuff. And if you look at the root of it all, there's hurt at the bottom of it. God's calling you out today. Let God heal that. Let God work in your life. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. You're so good and so faithful. If you're ready to receive Jesus, would you say this prayer? Say, Jesus, right now, I ask you to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for all of my sins. I want to know your love and grace and forgiveness in my life. I want to know Romans 5.8 in my life. So right now, as best as I can, I choose to become a Christian. Jesus, I receive you right now. And I thank you for forgiving me for my sins. I repent of those sins. I don't want to go back to them. Teach me how to walk by faith. Others of you, maybe God's saying, I want you to love them. Would you say, God, I'm going to choose to love them and I need your help. I can't trust them. And there's still wounds. But I want to love them. I don't want to, I don't want to be hurt again but I'm going to love them and I'm going to exercise wisdom and I'm going to trust you, Lord. So help me. Give me that capacity to love. Give me the capacity to forgive. And God, right now, I ask you to heal my wounds. Heal my hurt. Heal me. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for for your sweet spirit. Jesus, we love you back. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.